Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for February 20th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus on New Year's Eve as we were crossing over into 2023. The Lord spoke to me that the Holy Spirit said, hey, I want you to start the year with a series on the miracles of Jesus. So I started, uh, I believe it was January 3rd, I started and, and from January 3rd to now, we've been going through miracle after miracle after miracle. Today, we're in part 31 of the series. Now, one of the things that happens when I teach on the miracles of Jesus is that as we learn about the supernatural power of God, our faith is ignited, is reignited for the things that we're believing God for. If you're believing God for something, put in the chat, I am believing God. You have things on your heart that you, that you have an expectation of manifestation. These are things that God has spoken to you that are future to you, but past to him. For him is already done. For us, it's only a matter of time. These things haven't happened yet. So you're living your life with an expectation. If that's you, put in the chat. I have expectation. I live my life with an expectation of manifestation. We're going to see today that there was a Syrophoenician woman who came to Jesus and she came with an expectation for her daughter. And we're going to learn some things about her and her interaction with Jesus. The title of today's message is Why You Must Honor and Worship God. Why? Why is it that we have to honor and worship God? I'm going to teach you about that this morning. Put in the chat, say, I honor and I worship God. Get ready to receive. So let's get into the word for this morning. I honor and I worship God. I'm ready to receive from God. Before we get into the actual miracle, let me share with you Psalms 126 and verse four. This is a scripture that at our church we're meditating on all year. The Bible says, now Lord, do it again. Come on, God, please do it again. Take us back to this form of glory that whatever we lost along the way, like whatever level of, of praise and worship and excitement and faith and fervor and favor, we lost along the way. Sometimes when you're walking with God, you don't have the same level of zeal that you had in the past. But in this season, I believe that this is a season of refreshing. God has taken us back. Restoring. God has taken us back. God is going to restore what was lost in your life. Say amen to that. Put in the chat. Say, this is a season of restoration for me. This is a refreshing season. I'm talking about fresh wind, fresh fire. The Bible says, may streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. Every dry heart shall be drenched Again, put in the chat, no dry places for me. All right. So Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28 is where we find the miracle that we'll cover today. Really today and maybe tomorrow, maybe for the next couple of days. This is a very, uh, well, like if you just read this miracle, a lot of people will read it and not think much of it, but obviously I'm a Bible teacher. So there's a lot that I need to pull out from this. So I'm going to take my time with the Syrophoenician woman. Let me teach you some things. Part of today's word Part of the reason why you tune in is because I, I'm anointed to teach you the Bible, right? I'm teaching you what happened back then, and I teach you the context and the setting, the historical significance, before I draw a conclusion to what it means to you today. And so a lot of times people tune into today's word because they they you know they're learning. They're just learning. This is this is Bible teaching on a daily basis. Say amen to that. If you're learning, say put it in the chat. I'm learning. All right. So let's talk about this Syrophoenician woman. She she came to Jesus and she had unwavering 
faith. Put say it, say it out loud. Say, I have unwavering faith. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus is in the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now, this was a region that was also known as Syrophoenicia. Let me explain. The region of Syrophoenicia was under Jesus's time, part of the Roman Empire. It had been conquered by Rome in the first century. And at the time, the region was known as the Roman province of Syria, giving you an idea of kind of where this is. And it encompassed a large area that included, look, this thing was so big, it included parts of modern-day Lebanon, Syria, Israel, and Jordan. So the Syrophoenician area was a big area. Now, during the time of Jesus, the region of Syrophoenicia was also a melting pot because you had all of these people. It was like a metropolitan area with all of these cultures coming together. And so in that area, there were Jews, Greeks, Romans, and various other uh, people groups. So you got all of these people coming together. Remember, Jesus was focused, his assignment was to minister to the Jews. So Jesus was really only on assignment to minister to the Jews. There were only two non-Jews that he had a miracle encounter with. One was a Roman officer. He was a company commander. He was a centurion. And Jesus's encounter with the man led Jesus to say, wow, dude, you have great faith. And then the other was this lady, a Syrophoenician woman who was not a Jew. And he's going to wind up saying to her, you have great faith. And so, so there's a lesson in that too, where strangers can honor somebody more than people that are close to them. Anyway, let me just keep going. So the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus crying and said, this was an area like, you know, remember Jews didn't mix with non-Jews. So this Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus. She's crying out and she said, have mercy on me. Oh Lord, son of David, son of David. Remember that? I'm, I'll deal with that. In a, For my daughter is possessed by a demon, and the demon is tormenting her severely. So let's slow down for a minute. Let me go back to the context of the day, because you might hear that today, and it doesn't mean much to you today, because today men talk to women in public all the time, but that's not how it was back then, especially not a Syrophoenician woman. So let's explain. Earlier in the series, in this series, I talked about another parent that came to Jesus for a breakthrough for his daughter. His name was Jairus. Now, the difference between Jairus and this woman is that he was a man and he was a Jew. <laughs> and this woman was neither. She was a woman and she was a non-Jew. So it was not customary for women to talk to men outside of their family in public. Much less was it customary for a non-Jewish woman to address a Jewish man. So now you've got this non-Jewish woman coming to this Jewish man speaking to him in public, bowing down at his feet, worshiping him, honoring him, and pleading and begging towards him. It was, it was very uncommon at the time, but her daughter needed a breakthrough, so she did it. Let me just pause right there and say this. When your kids need something, when your kids need a breakthrough, you will go above and beyond for your children. As parents, we are called to cover our children. Put in the chat, say, I cover my children in prayer. You got it? All right. So this Syrophoenician woman, she has a little daughter. The daughter was demon possessed. The girl was severely tormented. Now, what would you do in this situation? What would you do if your daughter or your son was severely tormented and you heard about somebody else that could provide a breakthrough? But hold on. This person is from another religion. Hold on. This person is from another culture. 
Hold on. For you to go talk to this person, you are going to have to break some social norms. You are going to have to break out of tradition. You are going to have to do something that is uncommon. What would you do? As a, as a parent, you would do whatever you got to do for your kids. This woman ignored the cultural norms. She ignored the norms of her society. She ignored tradition and she ignored the Judaic law. She just went out there and she was determined to get a breakthrough for her daughter. I shared with you earlier in this series that I am convinced that miracles are not that commonplace in the United States because in the United States, we are just too comfortable. Like, I mean, we're too comfortable. I'm, I'm saying like desperation is the breeding ground of miracles. Put that in the chat. Desperation is the breeding ground of miracles. Some of you right now that are watching, some of you are, are believing God for a breakthrough. Some of you are looking uh, for God to do something special, supernatural in your life. Let me tell you something. Desperation is the breeding ground of miracles. Sometimes you just got to get so desperate that you will do whatever you got to do and where you don't care about what people are going to think. You don't care what the traditions say. You are going to do what you have to do to get your breakthrough. This woman was desperate, so she was not going to take no for an answer. She came and she fell at Jesus's feet and she begged Jesus for a breakthrough. Lord, please, son of David, have mercy on me. So what do you think Jesus did? I pause. What do you think Jesus did? Of course, you know, our Jesus is a loving Jesus, right? Our Jesus is a compassionate Jesus. So what do you think Jesus did, right? What do you think? That you think Jesus immediately helped this woman? You're like, you would think, of course, Jesus. Well, he probably said, daughter, thy faith is, your daughter's faith is healed, like, whatever, right? You would think that, no, no. At first, Jesus ignored her. <laughs> he didn't give a reply, not even a word, the Bible says. Jesus completely ignored her. And while he was ignoring her, the disciples, Jesus's team said, hey, Tell this woman to go away. She's bothering us with all of this begging. Think about that for a minute. The disciple said, Jesus, tell this lady to go away. She's bothering us with all of this begging. That's not what you would expect from Jesus. That's not what you would expect from Jesus and his team. But remember, this woman was desperate, so she could care less. He, he was on an assignment to minister to the Gentiles, I mean to the Jews, not the Gentiles, which is why he was not ministering to this lady. So Jesus said to the woman, listen, lady, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Do you know what only means? It means only. Jesus said, I was sent only to God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Not you, lady. You're not, you're not an Israelite. I'm not here for you. But this woman was undeterred. This woman was not moved by what he said. She bowed down before Jesus and she said, Lord, help me. And Jesus answered her again. Watch what Jesus said. It is not right to take the children's bread. Talking about what I, what I came to give Israel. Even though the Jews, uh, some Jews are not listening to me or rejecting me, but still, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. Whoa. Did Jesus just call this lady a dog? Oh, yes, he did. He, Jesus said, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs while he, she's laying there at his feet. That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful, disrespectful on a lot of levels, right? So Jesus was basically calling her a dog. And the woman, we're going to see later, I have to stop. You know, I'll just stop and we'll pick it up from there tomorrow. The woman was like, yeah, Jesus, but even the, 
the dogs eat the crumbs that come from the master's table. This lady was like, there's nothing you can say that's going to get me offended. Come on now. I'm here for my daughter. Say what you want. You're going to give me my breakthrough, Mr. Jesus. You have the power to do it. I know you're not here for the Jews, but come on, man. I mean, like, like even the crumbs that fall from the master's table, the dogs will eat that. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm just asking for a little breakthrough. I just need something small. She did what Jews would not do. She, she was disrespected and she kept believing. Come on. She refused to get offended. So let's pause right there for a minute. What does this mean for you today? We're going to pick up this story again tomorrow. I have two things to share with you on this morning. What does this mean for you today? Remember, this is not the Jesus that people like to talk about. We like to talk about the loving and compassionate Jesus. Two things to share with you today. Here's number one. Why honor and worship are so important when dealing with God. Let's talk about honor and let's talk about worship. The Syrophoenician woman, she addressed Jesus as the son of David. Now, I, I told you this before, but it's worth repeating. The people that disrespected Jesus called him Jesus of Nazareth. The people that received from Jesus called him Jesus, the son of David. And so, so no one who ever called Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth ever got a breakthrough. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, in an attempt to belittle Jesus, often referred to him as Jesus of Nazareth because Jesus, because Nazareth was a ghetto. And because it was a ghetto, they were always trying to connect him with his history and not his destiny. They were always trying to say, basically, when they said, this is Jesus of Nazareth, they were trying to say, this is Jesus and he's not significant. There was even a phrase that said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? But the people that got a breakthrough from Jesus, they didn't call him Jesus of Nazareth. They called him Jesus, the son of David, saying that, no, you are coming from the bloodline and the lineage of David. In other words, they were acknowledging his deity and acknowledging the fact that he was the Messiah sent from the father. And so this woman who was not a Jew, this woman who was from Syrophoenicia, this woman who was outside of the Jewish law and the traditions and the customs, she was not a child of Abraham. She was not raised in the law. She was not in synagogue. She didn't, she didn't do all of that thing. She didn't do everything right, but she knew better than to call him Jesus of Nazareth. She called him son of David, had mercy on him. She honored him. And after she initially called him Jesus, son of David, every time she addressed him after that, she started her sentence off with Lord. She started the se every sentence. She started it with Lord. And so what was she saying? She was saying, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to bow down before you and you're going to give me my breakthrough. You're going to do something for my daughter. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you listen. I'm not going to let you just dismiss me. I'm, I'm not going to let you just throw me away. It's interesting that a Gentile would honor Jesus this way. A Gentile was honoring Jesus in a way that even the Jews were not honoring Jesus and her persistence and her honor and her worship led to her breakthrough. Listen, if you want something from God, first of all, you have to rightly acknowledge who he is. You have to rightly acknowledge that God is God. And besides him, there is no other. It's not like the, God is one of a bunch of gods, little G gods. No, no. Our God is the only God. He sits on the circle of the earth. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And he saw the light and it was good. And the evening and the morning were the first day. I'm talking about that God. I'm talking about this. I believe God that this is the God. This is the only God that there is. Well, what about this? What? Listen, I believe that our God is the only wise God, the 
only true God, the everlasting God. From everlasting to everlasting, God is God. He's the God of my already. He's the God of my right now. And he's the God of my not yet. I'm talking about God. You must acknowledge that he is God and you must give him the honor and the worship that he respects, uh, that, that he deserves. And then you got to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Say Jesus is Lord. You got to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. So before you ask him for anything, you need to acknowledge who he is. Put in the chat, I acknowledge who God is. God is God. He sits on the circle of the earth. And when you honor the Lord, then worship is a natural state. When you honor the Lord, then worship just flows out of your heart. When since she was honoring the Lord, then she worshiped him. She fell at his feet and she worshiped him. She called him son of David. She called him Lord. And she, she kept, she kept the right words flowing out of her lips, even though the wrong words were coming out of Jesus's mouth. And she just honored him the whole time. The entire kingdom of God functions on a system of honor, on a culture of honor. If you want to function in God's kingdom, you have to develop a culture of honor where you know how to honor God, you rightly relate to God, and you honor other people. You honor other people. Watch this. In the kingdom of God, God wants us to honor people and not trip over their humanity. God wants us to see them the way that he sees them without holding their humanity against them. And so there are going to be moments where, where we're all flawed, but God will honor us and God is looking for us to honor him and honor one another. Last thing I'll say on this first point is I was preaching recently uh, and I'm going to get to that where I was dealing with Mary and Martha and, and one was a worker and one was a worshiper. And, 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 and I made the point that your worship will touch God in a way that your work never will. But let me say this. I'm going to say it here. Uh, at this point, your worship will touch God in a way that your words never will. This woman touched Jesus with her worship. She was worshiping God. She, she bowed down at his feet. She honored him. She called him the son of David. She called him Lord. And she was like, I'm not going away. You can say whatever you want. Even dogs eat the crumbs that come from the master's table. Your worship would touch God. Put this in the chat. Say, my worship touches God. Say amen to that. All right, number two. I told you I have two things for you this morning. And then tomorrow we'll continue with the story. If you want to walk in God's best, you cannot get offended. You cannot get offended. Put this in the chat. Say, I refuse to get offended. What you don't want to do is get offended. If you ever cross over into offense, then that's it. You're not going to be able to receive from God. You cannot get offended. I refuse to get offended. And so if you are believing God for something, but then you allow yourself to get offended. If this woman would have got offended, she would not have gotten a breakthrough. I'm positive of that. If you are believing God for something, but then you allow yourself to get offended, then once you're offended, then now you're no longer in faith and you're no longer in honor and, and that's going to delay your blessing. So make no mistake, put this in the chat. How you wait impacts how long you wait. Put that in the chat. How you wait impacts how long you wait. And so you don't want to wait long. You need to learn how to honor the Lord while you're waiting on him, not getting offended. Once you start operating in the spirit of offense, you actually hinder God from operating in your life. Even though Jesus seemingly disrespected this woman, this Syrophoenician woman, calling her a dog, she refused to get offended. Her desire for a breakthrough was stronger than her feelings. 
She was like, listen, you can say whatever you want. You can call me whatever you want. You can call me out my name. But one thing we ain't going to do is I'm not going to walk out of here without my daughter getting healed. That's what I, all I know is that my daughter needs to get, my, my daughter needs to get a breakthrough. So what you don't want to do is get in your feelings. Do not allow your feelings to get in the way. When you're believing God for something, if you get in your feelings, you know how people say today, oh, she all up in her feelings. If you get in your feelings, you will be out of faith and you run the risk of missing out on God's best. David said in Psalms 119 and 165, there is such a great peace and well-being that comes from the lovers of your word and they will never be offended. Ooh, say, put this in the chat. Say, I love God's word and I will never be offended. When you love the word of God and you're meditating and medicating on God's word day and night, you are not quick to get offended. You are not easily offended. I'm sure, I'm sure you've met people like this. I know that I have. You met people that are overly emotional, touchy, and quick to fly off the handle, right? These are people that are quick to get upset. They're quick to get offended. They're always upset with somebody. These people are unstable. They are unbalanced and they are insecure. And it's hard for these people to walk with God and God to walk with them because they're not standing on the word of God. They are, they are full of their feelings. When the word of God enables you, however, to be consistent. Say this, say, I'm consistent. To be consistent, say, say this, I am emotionally stable and I live a secure life. I'm able to resist the urge to get offended. I am not easily offended. People can say whatever they want. I, it, might, it might get me upset initially, but I'm not going to cross over. I mean, it's, there's, there's a difference between being upset and getting offended. Now, you know, I'm not going to like everything that people say, but I, what I'm not going to do is get offended because once I get uh, offended in my heart, then, then it skews my perspective of everything. Romans, uh, Paul said this in Romans chapter 12. Let me read for you verses 14 through 18, and then I'm going to launch you into this day. The Bible says, wish only good for those who treat you badly. Ask God to bless them, not to curse them. And when others are happy, you should be happy with them. And when others are sad, these are people that believe God, you should be sad with them too. Live together in peace with each other. Don't be proud, but be willing to be friends with people who are not important to others. People that other people think are not important, you should be willing to be friends with them. And don't think that you're smarter than anyone else. If someone does you wrong, don't try to pay them back for hurting them. No, no, no. Try to do what everyone thinks is right. Just do what's right because it's right. Verse 18, do the best you can to live in peace with everyone. That was Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 18 from the easy to read version. Just try to do the best that you can and live at peace with everyone. Divine peace is not about the absence of things that rob you of your peace. It's about the presence of God. Because God is present, then you can have peace. Now, this woman was in the presence of Jesus and Jesus said some stuff that was disrespectful. But she refused to get upset. She sensed his deity. She called him Lord. And she, amazingly, we're going to deal with this tomorrow, she remained in faith long enough for her daughter to get her breakthrough. As I close, let me tell you this. If you allow yourself to get offended, you will be too emotional to be led by the Holy Spirit, and you may miss out on God's best. Overly emotional people have a hard time receiving from God because they're always walking in their feelings and they're not walking in faith. Say, that's not me. Put this in the chat. Say, I will not be overly 
emotional. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I'm trying to take my time. I'm a teacher, y'all. I need to take my time. I got to teach you this stuff. But tomorrow we're going to come back and we're going to continue with this uh, story here of the Syrophoenician woman. Declare this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I experience your best this year because I walk with you and you walk with me. I honor and worship you daily. I call upon no other name. I acknowledge no other deity. I recognize no other God. You alone are God. You alone are Lord. You alone are the most high. And I worship you. I pursue your best every day of my life. And I will never allow the spirit of offense to get a hold of my heart. I will remain in love. I rule over my emotions and I keep my faith switch in the on position. If I have to, I will tell my feelings how to feel, but I will never allow my feelings to ruin my faith. Living this way, I am determined to become the man or woman you have called me to be. And I will leave a mark in this world that will not easily be erased. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting today's word, my notes, if you're not getting my notes in the email, you get my notes for free. Why not sign up? Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button on the top right, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you and God loves you too. I want you to have an amazing day. Walk in the best, honor the Lord, worship him and refuse to get offended. Do me a favor, two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if you're learning, if this is a blessing to you. And then leave uh, also to share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I'll see you tomorrow morning. The best is yet to come for you. Have an amazing President's Day. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 